line. Let's go back to Stuart Jones. Are we, are we there, Stuart? Oh, please let us be there. Can you hear me? I can hear you clearly. <laughs> oh, but let's try that again. Um, oh, I've got no idea what's going on. At, at the yes, onset of, of, the, of, the, of the lockdown, South Africa was praised for implementing anti-fake news laws. And many of the country, many countries around the world have, have followed suit. But even with that, we still see people posting doctored pictures. Uh, uh, many of the regulations that we see just after it's announced somehow ends up on our WhatsApp screens. But they end up being fake. Has our laws, has our regulations been strong enough to combat that? Uh, in short, yes. Uh, the, the government's been in, incredibly proactive and has pulled together a really great group of society groups um, and government groups in in finding this information and correcting it and communicating it back out really quickly. And then also the, the effect of criminalizing it, which may seem a little extreme, but it's not a matter. Um, had, a, had the impact of, of, of really making people afraid to share stuff that they thought might be dodgy. And, and so we see mis- and dis- disinformation sort of dropping into social media mm. and then not being shared around uh, because people are basically afraid to, to, to tend on. Mm. So, so it really has been very effective. And we attention. We, we are still covering mis- and disinformation. Um, but we're moving our attention more into the social cohesion space, which is where you know, the, the, the fault lines of a society get... Um, leave it apart uh, in times like this, in crises like this, and things like uh, xenophobia, um, racism, and those sorts of ills, social ills kind of start to rise. Uh, and so we've been looking at that, also at collective violence and looting and um, those sorts of expressions, often of, of, of hunger um, and of uh, disease, really, amongst the, the, the population mm-hmm. as, the, as the lockdown wears on, have actually been more of an issue than this disinformation. Stuart, I don't know what's happening. Our producer, Amy, says you are crystal clear on her side. You are a bit dodgy on mine. But let's, let's see if we can get through one more question. Maybe do some walking around and see if we can get a, a clearer line. But, but how do you go about mining all this, this data? I'm sure you're not going through every single South African who's on social media, their Twitter and Facebook accounts. How are you getting this information, this raw metadata? Um, well, you've got to see social media, if you like, as like a giant big black bag stuff that people are throwing things into all the time. Um, we can only see uh, public social media. So it's only Twitter and mm-hmm. some of Facebook and then a lot of the stuff that happens online on the blogs and, and news sites and so on as well and YouTube and Reddit. Um, and what we, our job is to go in there and use analytics. We use a tool called Brandwatch to help us mm-hmm. to go in and, and take the data out that we need. Um, so we take out all of South Africa's data out of that big black bag. Then we take out the COVID-19 out of that smaller bag. And then we start to divide it up into its different conversations around this and disinformation might be one, but gender-based violence, another collective violence, um, mental health issues, and all those sorts of things. So we're able to draw out um, what people are saying and then analyze it quite deeply by geography uh, and then also by who is actually uh, contributing to the conversations. And so we are also able to reach out to the people that are talking in certain areas and stand alongside them as we as we move to dialogue um, and trying to you know, have an impact on some of these social conversations. And I'm sure over the last uh, six weeks, those uh, trending topics that we see on particularly on Twitter, most of them have been focused around COVID-19 and coronavirus. Oh, yes. No, it's pretty much taken over. It's, it's the only game in town. Um, so it's, it's, more, it's more now about, you know, which conversations are attached to COVID-19 
uh, than anything else. Um, and yeah, you know, we, we publish a daily report uh, that the Daily Maverick covers, but we've also got it on our website um, on all of the of, uh, all of the previous days happenings on social media as far as COVID-19 goes and yeah they're, they're quite varied and, and they change day by day but then you get these sort of grand themes like the 5G conspiracies and the Bill Gates conspiracy version and last over time as well. But how do you weed out the serious conversation to the flippant conversation, which South Africans are quite famous for? We make a challenge or a joke or a or a mockery of almost anything, including the president delivering a very serious speech and then trying to put the mask over his face. How do you weed out those type of conversations? Uh, the president's done really, really well, actually. But... Um yeah, well, we don't necessarily weed out the flippant. Uh, the flippant can be reported on as well. It's all part of the conversation. Uh, it's really about utility, you know. So if uh, if we feel that certain strands are important and we want to look more deeply into them, then we we do. A lot of what we do is around trying to identify people that we can engage with on social media and stand alongside as well, people that are engaging in conversations uh, that we'd like to be involved in, uh, to kind of work with them, um, and then also to report on on what's being said and what's changing, you know, what are the, what are the trends, what's rising? You know, we, we see a rise in, in expressions of anxiety uh, on social media as, as the lockdown progresses. We see um, a rise in people talking about uh, even eating disorders. You know, there, there are a whole range of sort of smaller conversations that are going on, but that are, are very dynamic and quite yeah, quite intuitive. They kind of give you a really good idea of where people's heads are at. The, the, um, Stuart, the question could also be is, are enough South Africans engaged on social media to provide that accurate sample of what the nation is actually talking about? Well, I, I don't know if you could go much yeah, much beyond it. It's, 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 it is very, very big. You know, I've got the numbers somewhere. I'm actually just trying to look at them, but I can't quite remember. But it's somewhere between 20 and 22 million um, people are active on various media platforms. Facebook itself um, has a 16 million daily user um, uh, group of users. Uh, internet penetration is now at over 60%. Somewhere around 32 million people are connected to the internet. Mm. So it is a vast number of South Africans. It's obviously not all South Africans, and it has its skews. Um, but, but if you want to find out what people are saying, and if you want to engage with people, uh, social media is the only place really to do that um, at scale rather than, than individually. So take us through some of the findings that, that you have uncovered already over the last five, six weeks. Serious ones or the easier ones? Well, let's go through <laughs> firstly some of the more serious, uh, the more uh, policy-driven uh, uh, conversations that people are having. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's often about implications and the kind of big picture. And, and if you stick with this and disinformation, that's, it, it, it really is sometimes a life and death thing. And mm -hmm. so... We've seen everything from, you know, gargled lemon and water, and that will help kill the virus um, through to 5G is causing the virus. You know, they're all actually incredibly harmful narratives because um, even on the, on, on the fairly well-meaning side, they make people feel safe when they, when they shouldn't. Um, and, and, and that's often the problem with mis and disinformation is that it is shared um, with the best intention sometimes in mind, but, but can actually be pretty harmful. Mm. Um, I've spoken though about how the government has been pretty effective with that. And then there are these, these grand conspiracies. The Bill Gates one is linked to vaccines, which is quite disturbing because it does suggest that if there is a vaccine developed, there will be quite a few people that wouldn't want to take it. Um, and, and that really is a concern as well. Um, and then a lot, a lot of uh, the stuff that we're finding is around uh, this kind of growth in 
in looting and in collective violence and in hunger and people really talking about that on social media. Uh, both the middle class is talking about how hard it must be for mm. poor people, uh, but also poor people talking about how hard, hard it is in lockdown, how hard it is mentally um, and emotionally uh, and how hard it is. Aish. It's those bots out to get us. We were talking to uh, Stuart Jones, who is the head of the Center for Analytics and Behavioral Change. Maybe we can get him maybe later in the week or on Sunday just to have a complete conversation. I think it's very, very important to have a discussion of what we are spreading, what communication we are having on social media, particularly if we want to make informed opinions about coronavirus and COVID-19. It's now 10 minutes to 9 o'clock.